Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Scale Writers Podcast episode. I am your host, 65 Logs, and we're at episode number 190, covering monocar culture from around the world. Excited for this one because we're going all the way to the UK to interview the one and only Lee Proden. On Instagram, you guys know him. I mean, his work is phenomenal. It's at Crow Custom. Let's just get right into the episode. I hope you guys enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Scale Riders podcast episode. I'm here joined by Lee, also known as Curl Customs, all the way in the UK, um, episode 190. I'm excited for this one. So what's up, man? How are you doing? Morning. Very well. Very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. And I mean, for the listeners, I don't know. Uh, for you right now, it's 5 a.m. in the morning. It's dark, it's cold. <laughs> man, man, that's crazy. Uh, one question, how, how far are you from uh, Manchester? Um, Manchester, ooh, about 50 miles. Okay. Something like that. I can be in Manchester within 45 minutes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, oh, nice. Right on, man. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been over there to Manchester before. Oh, right, okay. Many times, so maybe in yeah. the future, one day if I ever go out to Manchester again, I'm going to have to... Oh. Head up your way. Yeah, let me know. Let me know. <laughs> Manchester's, no, a great, Manchester's a great city. That's cool. You know, um, it, w- what trips me out is when I started to see your work on Instagram, um, I, I, at first I thought you were from California. I had, I really didn't have any idea that you were out in Europe. And, you know, at, at first it was just like the builds, the builds in the, the bench. And I kept wondering like, man, I wonder where he's from. And, a lot, a lot of the people out here that I know were <laughs> referring me and showing me like your photos, like, hey, check out like what this guy's doing. And, you know, and I mean, over here, I, I see a lot of other people doing custom stuff too. And, you know, and when I started, I was wondering like, man, I wonder if I'll see his stuff at a show out here or something, you know? Oh, okay, I wish. <laughs> but man, I mean, w- once I saw, I was like, oh, wait, he's all the way in the UK. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's, that's cool. How, um, how, I want to know, you know, like, how'd you get all into this? Like, your inspirations and your history with model building. Well, I've I've always been into cars. My dad, I've never built real ones, um, but my dad always pointed out cars to me. He liked cars and things like that. And from a kid, I used to buy, um, every week, you've got, the, like, the Hot Wheels cars. We... We back in the seventies and had matchbox cars, so they weren't as customized as what you get as Hot Wheels, but they were mainly standard ones. And I used to buy them every week and play with them all the time. So I've all, from what I can remember, I've always been into cars, and it was always a real sort of buzz when you saw an American car around. Because compared to the cars that you've got or you had in the 60s and 70s, ours are just boring, you know? Mm. So, yeah, um, from an early age, I've always, always been into cars, bought magazines and things like that. So, And when I bought the magazines, a lot of the American custom cars 
were in there and I kind of gravitated towards them kinds of things. So yeah, yeah, the sort of inspiration for what how I build over the years, it was kind of pick, getting into the history of custom cars and um, like Barris and all of that. But it wasn't until I was like 18, 19, 20 that I really knew or got deep into the history of who Barris and Winfield and the Alexander brothers and all them kind of people were. And then sort of the internet came on and came a, a thing, Facebook, and just the information that's available to you through the internet and have the information when you want it to research these old cars. It's, yeah, it's like endless, it's, huh? Yo, sorry? It's like very endless once you tap yeah. into the internet at that point. <laughs> exactly. exactly. If I want to find a particular car, mm. I can have it there at my fingertips within seconds. And yeah, so my sort of inspiration to the history of the custom cars, particularly like the um, the wilder late 50s, sort of early 60s stuff with the bubble tops and that kind of thing um and it's just made it a lot easier a lot easier and then kind of i, I draw a lot of inspiration i've got quite a collection of um old early 60s car craft magazines um that i managed to pick up over the years and i read them quite a lot and so like the golden age of modeling when all the amt kits were new and people that and they were at like a dollar, a dollar fifty each, and people were buying loads of them and cutting them up and just having fun. That's that's where the inspiration comes from for me. It's just that that early sixties sort of period where people were just having fun with things, basically. And it's crazy, yeah, because I mean, it seems like a lot of the stuff was like very unique, very experimental. But at, exactly. at the same time, it was like they didn't know what was going to be happening in the future. Like those were going to be some inspirations, and also what it looks like is like some freedom also for the artists to be able to to just express themselves, right, with their yeah. with their builds. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what I do. I I do with my builds. It's like I will I won't start a build until I kind of know what it's gonna in my head. I know what it's gonna look like. Or try and um, and try and get it out of my head into into the plastic. Really, I like the older. I like the older kits. Um, I mainly only build AMT kits um, because, like a lot of these, you get the really cool custom parts in them and just really cool bits. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's one of the things I like, um, especially. Like when I would buy the '58 Impala, or yeah. even the like a, a '57 Bel Air and AMT, uh, I back then you know I was building more lowrider cars. So when I would get those extra custom pieces, I wouldn't use them. I would always set them aside. But later, as an adult, as I got into um, you know going through that phase of like peaking my interest in customs, 
I started kind of digging back and and realizing, wow, all these parts are here. And then, yeah. you know, I, I was using I was using a lot of those parts, but I still like the way uh, even those parts that were provided, how it gave it that custom look. But, you know, when I see like your stuff, I go, wow, you're taking it to like another level. You know, I go, wow, like this is crazy. Yeah, I like the like the like the um, the hauler. I mean, like oh, just you're on about the AMT 50, 5080 Impala. That was the first kit that I bought. It was the was the AMT 5080 Impala. And I bought it. I took it to my bedroom, bought it. I was 17 took it to my bedroom and put it together in an afternoon and that's what started it but that that 57 hauler that you've got behind behind you all I, all I used from the 57 kit on the car was the main body parts and the interior tub that's it everything else there's no chassis detail no engine detail but all I've used from the 57 Ford kit is the body really man that's a trip when when um you get your model kits and you know you you use some some of the parts and you know everything else is like scratch built and put together do you just start saving up all those unused parts throughout the year oh, yeah. yeah i mean i've i've been building for the last sort of five years i've been building a lot more a lot more um What's the word I'm looking for? I've been getting a lot more confident in chopping them up and having a lot of fun, but I've been building for 30 years. And under the bed here in my little hobby room, I've got 30 years worth of spare parts. Wow. And, and I've got probably 150 kits, no, 120 kits up in the, up in the loft, old AMT kits and stuff. So yeah, if I if I want a part, I just go rummaging through and yeah, just rummage through the parts box until I find something that I like that I'll use. And it's all the, the parts that I'm looking for. It's all about the shape. Mm-hmm. And can I make that part into that shape that I want it to be? If not, I'll use plastic card. Yeah, and you know, t- take us back to you know when you got that first model. At at that time, when you bought that that AMT kit, the first model, w- was there other options like other models? Like, is it, was oh, yeah. it hard to get model kits at that time or no? Um, the well, when I first started, um, a friend of mine, it's um, a, men- a friend of mine called Andy Swindlehurst. He um, he, I worked in a little town in Skipton, North Yorkshire, called Skipton, which is 15 miles from here. I lived there at the time, and I was walking. I used to buy a magazine. Um, we used to have this magazine over here called Street Machine, <coughs> which was a, a British hot rod and custom car magazine. And they had a model page in there. There was a guy called um, Terry Ross that wrote a model page in that magazine. It's only one page every month, and I, I've been reading it for a couple of years. Anyway, I was walking home from work and spotted this model shop on my way home from work, and it, it was always closed. And then one day I was walking home, and it was open, so I thought, right, I'll call in. And, yeah, it was full of AMT model kits 
and any other Revell, other manufacturers and stuff. And I just spent half an hour there, bought, and the 58 Impala, I, I've always loved that car. And um, it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get that one. I'll pick that because I liked, I liked the car. Um, took it home, built it with a tube of model glue, no paint or anything, and just slammed it together. And then from then on, I used to go in once every couple of weeks and buy another one. And Andy, who ran that shop, is one of my best mates now. We've been friends for 32 years now. Wow, that's awesome, man. That, it, yeah. it, it's always like cool to hear those stories like that. Yeah. And, but it was, it was his mum that was in the shop and sold me that model kit and then told Andy about me. It's like, oh, this new lad's just come in and bought a kit. And then the next time I came in, he was there and we, we spent, I ended up working in the shop with him um, on a Saturday morning sometimes and my payment was a model kit. That's <laughs> <laughs> how, how How was that feeling? Like, do you still remember like those days of, of working there? Oh, it was great. It was great fun. Um, it was it was a model. It, that at that time when I worked for him, it was a um, a DIY shop, um, like a hardware shop. Mm. But in the back, he sold models as well. So I'd work for a few hours on a Saturday afternoon in the hardware shop, helping customers out, and then my payment at the end of the day was a model kit. Choose a model kit off the shelf. Off you go. Oh man, that's like every every kid would want to do that, you know, like working yeah. like just pay me give, give me what I want. <laughs> I'll be yeah. happy with that. Yeah. Just a just an AMT kit. And yeah, that was that I was happy with that. Yeah, and and was he the only friend that you were building with or was there were you guys kind of starting like a little your own kind of community at that time? Well, model model building here is it's very model building here is very different to what it is in the states i mean um we are quite a small country but model here it's more military based is the model model scene um aircraft armor tanks um the car builders are quite a small community um and a lot of them car builders are into racing cars and um, supercars and things like that. And there's some... So back then, when I was at the shop, there was a couple of guys who used to come in to the shop and buy the model kits. So I got to know them and we'd swap ideas and things like that. And I'm, I'm still friends with them people today. Um, we've got a big show coming up this weekend. Um and we'll be getting together at that show. And uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we we we. I want to talk about that later, like later on okay. in the episode. That's a topic I wanted to bring up. So that's cool. But yeah, um, so I've been building all those years on and off, um, but it's only in the last sort of few years that I've really got into my sort of what i think the groove into the groove of what i build and since i think mainly since starting my facebook page and my instagram page it's got a bit got a bit more intense with what i'm what i'm doing people yeah. seem to like 
what I'm what I'm building. So, mm -hmm. oh yeah, dude, no, definitely. <laughs> when when you joined Instagram, what, what <laughs> was that? Oh God, I can't remember. I mean, I've had I've had my Facebook page for quite a couple of years before my Instagram page, but I start I didn't know about Instagram, and I um, I built. I'd seen online a um, someone had done a Photoshop of a uh, a '69 Plymouth Barracuda, mm. and they'd slammed it, put it on low rider wheels, and things like that. I thought I'm going to build that. That's really cool. So I built a um, an MPC '69 Cuda and slammed it over Pegasus Supremes. Mm -hmm. And everybody loves that car. That's it's cool. That crossover. But there's a guy called um, Mark Kawano. He does has an Instagram page called Wheels Are Everything. Mm -hmm. And he does a lot of Photoshop stuff of um, slamming, Photoshopping unusual cars, a lot of Chrysler stuff over sort of like a crossover lowrider if you feel if you will hmm. slide down over pegasus and he asked me if he it was him that did the photoshop and i didn't know this at the time and he asked me if he could share it on instagram message me and asked me if he could share it on instagram so i said yeah um and that's i thought oh well i'll, I'll have to open a page here to uh so i can see it kind of thing and yeah, uh, yeah. see the response Taking it, it's taken it from there. I can't can't remember how long I've had the Instagram page now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like that you're very active, like posting. Because I mean, there, there's a lot of people who dedicate themselves to doing amazing builds, but then again, they really don't share the process or share pictures of what's going on. Sometimes, yeah. tend to see the stuff at the shows. Or somebody else yeah. posts it like, oh, I came across these photos of this artist that created this, you know, but they, they're not online. So I'm yeah, that's dope that you, you know, you keep it up. It's it's very deliberate the way that I post on um, on my Facebook page and my Instagram page. I like to show because you see a lot of these builds where they're staged and it's I've done this little bit to my model, but you you haven't seen how it's done. Whereas with what I what I like to post up is yeah, it's the dirty side of it, the mess. Yeah, and and I like I I like to post that way. Of you see my bench, you see the mess that <laughs> is, a, and the um, rifling through parts boxes to try and find the right part to use. And it's I like to post it that way because it may it may inspire somebody else to look. This guy's he is building these models. What I mean, I feel very honoured. It blows me away that people like what I do. Yeah. It's just like, I'm this guy in the UK who's slamming models together. And but Good. And that's what I'm saying. I was tripping out. I was like, wait, he's all the way in Europe, in the UK? Yeah. I thought you were and out it, here. Yeah, and it's like my dirty little bench <laughs> doing what I enjoy doing. Um, but if I can inspire somebody else to have a go, pick up a knife, 
and build what's in their head. And yeah. it doesn't matter, doesn't matter if it goes wrong. You just you have a go, and yeah, it's like people these people. My workbench is a tiny little writing desk that I got from a junk shop in my son's bedroom that he doesn't come to much anymore. But yeah, it's just show how it really is, not not this staged photo of a nicely beautifully made part yeah it's the the re i like to show the reality of it if you will yeah you know when when you mention the word mess you know the 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 one thing that comes to my mind from seeing your photos that you've shared is when you lay down like the putty on the car and yes. then you do another later another photo of when you're like sanding it and you could see yeah. the dust and it's like you know rough and then later you start to see the shape like it's like clean and yeah i i like seeing all that process um as far as like like putty like what's like your favorite putty your to go to when it comes cheap. to that cheap putty um i customize stuff i use oh, i can't find it um i use cheap two-part automotive car body filler okay for real cars um because it comes in a big tub it's cheap it goes mm -hmm. off quickly and yeah. you can you can shape it you can carve it and get it to the shape you want yeah. Does it have a like a like a good a window before it starts to harden? Yes, about two minutes. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Even less than that, it can be a minute. Oh, so, but you with the, you use a hardener to go with it, and you can you can control how quickly or slowly it cures by the amount of hardener that you put in. So. It's I, I work in little bits of and mix mix it up a lot before it goes too hard and get it to the basic shape and then sand it back. Man, so that's, that's cool. I mean, I, I'm always fascinated when I see people uh, doing like chopping roofs or doing those modifications to their cars, and then they start showing you like the little strips of styrene they add, but then later. Uh, when they do the little slabs of putty that are in there and it looks very smooth i'm always like man i i, I want to i wish i could do that to my cars but i feel like I get, I get a little frustrated sometimes with my putty well i see i i use the the um the two-part automotive and then for the smaller bits when the little little bits of holes that appear i'll just use standard tamiya gray putty okay get that stuff that stuff's getting hard to get here now as well dang and um when it comes to sanding um are you are you using very coarse grits just to kind of uh, melt everything down i use sorry i'm gonna have to go in the drawers with then no go ahead go ahead yeah so i just use automotive automotive sandpaper that's 320 grit mm. use that to knock it back and then you know the uh the 
the nail files that you get from the supermarket or the beauty shop kind of thing. Use um, I use them, so you can get you get them that are, can be quite coarse. So yeah, yeah knock with something quite coarse and then gradually get finer. Oh, that's cool. That's the way that I do it. Yeah, and and as far as like, do you do you ever um, substitute putty with like or for like CA glue? Yes. Yeah, I've started doing that. Um, the I one one of my biggest inspiration for building is a guy called Bill Stillwagon. Um, he's he's in Central America somewhere, and he builds the most incredible customs. And I was chatting to him, and he's like, yeah, I use um, this stuff. I carry that, the CA glue. Yes. By Bob Smith yeah. Industries. Fix CA glue and accelerator. And that's right. good for, That's good for filling because it doesn't shrink then. Mm -hmm. are, you, uh, are you able to get the other, the pink bottle? Um... Yes, I think so. I ordered it on eBay. Okay, I was gonna say get the get, but both are dope. I like the purple and the pink one. Those are like my yeah. two options right there. The yeah. pink one's a little more thicker than the okay. than the than the purple. But you you know once you start messing with them, you'll know. Oh, this I already know when to use this one. That's cool. I'm happy you yeah. have that out there. Well, yeah, um, our local shop doesn't have it, but. Um, Bill Bill Stillwell says that's what he uses, so I thought I'd give some a go. So you gotta get it <laughs> gotta get it imported in. Yeah, the, the Bob Smith Industries, they're maybe like I think they're like two two hours from where I live. They're not too far from here. Okay. Yeah, this this keeps it. It's available in this country. That's um cool. so it's not expensive. It's something like I think it, I think it's about six pounds a bottle, something yeah. like that. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, that's, not, yeah. that's not that bad. But yeah, that, that's I love that glue, man. That, that glue is yeah. like my to go to right there. Yeah, because I was I was wondering about that if you were also using like CA glue um, for for customizing on your builds. Yeah, yeah, started doing. It's like this getting the side trim off there. That's just ground down and then filled with automotive filler. And I'll go over that a couple of times, sand it, fill it again, sand it, fill it again. Wow. Sand, that relentless sand, mm -hmm. fill, sand, repeat, prime, yeah. fill, repeat, that prime. Process. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you do you get that satisfaction feeling when you see your car, like, primer, when, you're, when you reach the primer stage? I, I always get, I always go to the primer stage too early. Mm -hmm. um, because basically because I'm creating a shape um, I always end up at the primer stage too early because to get they're all kind of different colours, different shapes of plastic and things I, I very quickly primer something give it a quick coat of primer just to see it all in one colour and to see if the shape's right, if I need to change anything and that kind of thing so yeah um i use a lot of primer <laughs> most yeah. of it comes off what what brand of uh, primer do you use 
Um, we have uh, an automotive store here called Halford. Mm. Uh, and I tend to use all of their stuff. It works for me. I've used it for years. Um, it's decent product. I think it's, I can't remember who it's made by, but it's, there's a Halford store 10 minutes down the road from me so I can go and get supplies. Don't, I don't tend to use a lot of hobby paint at all. Only for, I use Tamiya for brush painting and that's it. Rest of it really is um, automotive spray cans that I use. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and as far as um, like like the materials, you know, is there still existing like local hobby shops in your area where you can go and buy all the stuff, or do you mainly have to order online? Um, a lot of the, there's not a lot of hobby shops left here. There's one that's about an hour's drive from, which is really good. But then um, over here, it's quite big into um, model railway stuff. So there's a there's a shop that's five minutes down the road from me um, called Frising Hall Models, and they specialise in railway stuff. But they have a lot of supplies like plastic card and putties and milliput and that kind of thing in their store. So any plastic card that I need, I can just nip to the shop and and get it from there. So yeah. but a lot, I'm, I'm, the stuff that I do is very, very basic. I use, I don't use a lot of material. I use a model kit, um, plastic card, automotive filler, and that's about it. So, nice. <coughs> and, and the current build that you got going on right now, tell us about that build. The Buick, this, um, this one. Yes. Yeah, right, so that one, I've had the, I bought this, the Buick off, um, Got it off eBay, the, the body. All I had was the chassis plate. So this is an original from 1958. Don't know if it's AMT or SMP. 58 wow. um, Buick Roadmaster. And all I had was the chassis plate, the body and the interior tub. No grills or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering what to do with it, um, whether to try and source the parts to build it. But I don't really get any, I don't really get any pleasure in building anything stock. Mm -hmm. so yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had this about four years, five years maybe. And I came across it in the box and it's like, right, let's have a look at that, see what we can do with it. And I love building bubble top cars. They're yeah. my favorite thing to build. Man, they look cool. That looks awesome. When you go to like, a, like you know, like one of the, the hobby shows, like the model shows, um, and there's vendors selling stuff, are you looking for like new kits or are you looking kind of like open box, loose parts? Uh, uh, open box parts. Um, I, like, I... I really, I'm really loving what Round Two are doing at the moment with their, with what they're releasing because they're retooling a lot of the old stuff and putting a lot of the old parts back into the kits, um, like the fifty that fifty seven the hauler and stuff. They've re-putting the headlight pods and 
various custom parts back into it. So I'm keeping I keep an eye on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Any of the new stuff, like I've just bought their is it the '63 Chevy wagon that they've released? Was it last year? Um, I've just bought that because they've reissued it with all the custom parts back in it again. But I've got enough kits to see me a lifetime now. Um, and rebuilders, I've probably old rebuilders that I've got in the drawer. I've probably got 30 to 40 old rebuilders to do of vintage 60s stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really, I don't really look for new, new stuff anymore. The, the latest stuff. It's yeah. the old and and your builds once they're uh, completed, uh, do you display them? Like do you put them in a in a case or anywhere like around the house to see them? Yeah. I've got a couple of cabinets downstairs where I put my builds. Um, I'm running out of space now, so the older stuff. See, I've got two pretty distinct. I've got two pretty distinct build styles. I've got the wilder stuff with the bubble tops and things like that, and then sort of like this this one um so i'm gonna go three that's a really rare um styline kit um 61 valiant from 62 that's all the custom parts that were in the kit so i'm gonna that's pretty much box stock um but then i was talking earlier about a guy called mark Coano, who I build, I'll build, if I want a quick build, I'll build a stock, say, 67 Charger or something like that, slam it over some Supremes, um, clean the body up with minimal modifications. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they get displayed in my, um, I've got a cabinet, one in the living room and one in the hallway downstairs. And I rotate them around so the oldest build comes out into a box and then the, the new one goes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, like a conveyor belt, like over time, all right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, these things, these things, the, the more, this, the, the hauler, uh, that took me a good six months to build, to mm. finish, from start yeah. to finish. There's a lot of body work goes into them. Yeah, did you ever... Um... Like take a break from building, like since since you were seventeen, like building models oh, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I got married and had kids, didn't really build a lot. Still went to the shows, but hardly built at all then. And then um, it's only really gone up since I changed my job into a completely different career, and I now work. Um, I work six days on, but then I have four days off. And a lot of the time through the week when everybody's at work or mm-hmm. and I can't do anything. So I spend my build, my build time just gone up quite a lot in the last five years, something like that. But yeah, it's uh, hardly built at all through my, uh, my thirties and, and times like that. But yeah. It's really, I really love it now. It's my sort of happy place to be, sat on yeah, the bench. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy because, like, when you think about 
like when you were 17, you know, at that age, you really don't have too many responsibilities, you know? So it's like, you just, as long, I guess as, as long as you just follow the rules, right? And like, just come home and, and you know, you could do your thing and your responsibilities, but they're very limited. You don't have so much. And then, you know, you're in your, by the time you're in your 30s, there's a lot going on. Then. Yeah, a lot of time. Yeah. And I mean, now, now, you know, like you have, you know, like work, uh, you just said how many days you have off and all these things. Like, I know for sure you have responsibilities, but they're a bit more like different now. Like, you know. Yeah, they are. I mean, I work work for the police um, Mm -hmm. as a a radio dispatcher. Um, I do that and it can be quite stressful. And then. I, I work a funny shift pattern as well, so I found that I'm more productive through the day before I go to work. Mm-hmm. So some don't start work until four o'clock in the afternoon. So I'll have a few hours at the bench before I go to work. Yeah. When I'm home from work, I'm not interested in being at the bench. Yeah. I'm uh, too tired. But before, I'll sit and do a couple of hours and then get myself ready for work. Or when I'm on days off, I will get up in the morning, do the little bits of chores that I need to do. Nobody's in the house. And I can I can spend four, five, six hours on a day off just messing about at the bench. So Yeah, no, yeah. Keeps you busy, man. Do you ever think like, man, if I would be doing this right now, like would it be kind of depressing? Do you ever think about that? Yeah, yes, it would. It would because I'm all I'm all about I love anything creative. I love anybody anybody that does anything creative, be it knitting, sewing, painting, just creating, expressing themselves into something and that they're passionate about. It's it, you you're doing something tangible. It's you're not just sat there scrolling through netflix looking for something to watch because you're bored it's Mm -hmm. it's sat it's almost like your mind your mind goes if when you're creating and you're doing something your mind goes into a different place Mm -hmm. your mind focused of of not worrying about other things of life and things like that all you're creating is getting this thing out of your head into a tangible piece and go, yeah, I made that and something to be proud of. Even if it's shite, it's not very good. You're still learning. It's like, I have made that. It's something I have done, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Damn, that's, that's tight. I like what you said. You know what's what's kind of a trip, too, is uh, like we, like these things, these models, right, that we're working on creating at the end of the day, when when we have this model done or even if it's not even done you know it's like a work in progress for as many years as it takes but we still hold on to this piece um it's like we get to live with it you know it gets to live with us yes that's like a cool like a cool thing that you know you you can work on it you can put it back in the box put it under your bed or in your closet and you'll move to another house or to another place but you'll carry all this stuff with you and yeah. then later you go, man, I've had this for like 20, 30 years. And you go, mm. oh, this is like, it's part of my life. Like, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it, yeah, 
we were talking about passion for something and it's like the it's a tangible thing it's like you've got something to hold in the hands that you've made with your hands whether it goes in the bin afterwards whether it's crap it doesn't it really doesn't matter it's the fact that you sat in a mind space of making something no matter it doesn't matter what it is the model car or whatever you're making something and you're not worrying about anything else it's that escape if you will yeah have you ever found anything with modeling like challenging where it makes you kind of step away from the bench for the moment or you go you know i'll come back to it later every day mm. every day that's um <coughs> i find um a little problem of how i'm going to do something how how i'm going to design this thing and every day i walk away from the bench every day mm -hmm. go i'm going to have a i can't figure it out right i'm going to go walk away for an hour do something else think about it in my head as a how i'm going to overcome this and then come back to it and it may it may take a couple of weeks of how I'm going to do that. The project will go back in the box and I'll work on something else. I've always got loads of projects going on. Yeah. But that's probably why it takes so long. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, with being connected with, with everybody, you know, through Instagram or Facebook, do you mm. feel, you know, or, or, or that, that sense of like, um, uh, uh, I mean, community for sure, but like uh, inspiration to know, like, even though this is taking long, it's all good. There's other people around the world kind of doing the same thing and going through the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've got some really good friends that we we have um, um, teams or Zoom meetings when we're all sat on the bench talking crap and drinking tea and whatever just and we we literally we had one the other night um i've got a, a couple of mates one called mike and one called gary uh, opposite ends we're at opposite ends of the country but we were on a on a teams meeting for four hours where we were just sat chatting talking about projects and we were all at our bench doing a little bit of model building just chatting away because at the end of the day at the end of the day, this hobby is quite um it's quite a lonely hobby sometimes when when you sat on your own mm -hmm. doing stuff and you only meet up at shows and the internet the internet's become a really good thing for that that while you're at your bench you can be chatting to people that are into the same sort of thing as you are, swapping ideas and stuff like that. It's yeah. uh, it's quite yeah, it's crazy. You know, on that build, um, the the latest one that you've been posting about, um, I, I wanted to bring up a casting. So about oh, resin yeah. casting, like, you know, yeah. I, I noticed that you were that you were using it for headlights. You had casted something, and then you had some spare parts that you say you were going to give away at the show. But yeah. um, how, how long have you been doing that um, resin casting for? That's the, I bought the resin casting kit earlier on this year to try and copy some parts that I wanted to use. And then these headlight pods 
I made them. I made them for the 57, the hauler, um, and ended up not using them. Mm. So I've got the master here somewhere. Yeah, so that's the, the master for it there. Um, so I thought, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a mould of it so I don't have to make two. Posted it up and people seem to like the headlight pods. Um, and we're asking me about could they get them, but I don't. I'm not. I don't want to go into resin casting business. I'm not interested in doing that. So if I can make a part that people like, and I've got a mould for it, I will. I will give them away. It's helping helping each other out. So many people have given me parts, sent them from all over the world. Mm-hmm. The, and I do the same. I send parts to people. It's giving giving a bit of something back. If I can help somebody out, I will do. Yeah, that's cool, man. It must be it must be crazy, like getting all these like parts and stuff from people. You know, from because there's always going to be something like hard to find or exclusive, like in one area. They're like, you know, we need to get it to him. That's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah it's great. I mean. A lot of the parts that I use are vintage parts from old model kits from the 1960s. And people like me have huge parts boxes. And you can post up online, has anybody got this part? And with the with the community that's going on on, on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that, somebody's going to have it. Yeah. So and it's very rare people ask. I always offer to pay, always offer to pay for the parts, but it's very rare people will ask for money for it. No. But then on the other hand, I if somebody wants a part and I've got it, I will send it to them. It's it's the way it's the way it works, isn't it? No, yeah, you gotta like pay, pay it forward. You know, that's cool, <laughs> man. I like that right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. All the stuff you're making, it, it, it's crazy. And then with the bubble tops, even like the photo I'm looking at right now, right in front of me, the, with the hauler, um, just carrying the car, it just everything just like matches like on that. Well, that, that's because they're all from the same kit, and it was meant to. Like um, the hauler, the car is the latest issue of the '57 Ford. Um, not a lot of modifications to the body on that. But then the hauler itself is two 57 Fords. But the the bubble tops on the hauler are from, it's, it's the AMT silhouette kit. Mm. Bill Cushionbury bubble top kit. And that kit came with a trailer, a bubble big bubble top trailer to put the car in. Mm-hmm. So the, the on the car itself, the bubble top is turned round to you so the back part of it is what was supposed to be the front mm-hmm. and then the the windshield is the back of the bubble top so i stretched it to look like it was half bubble top but then the bubble top on the hauler is the opening section from the trailer wow and then, great, all, then all the interior for the the hauler is all scratch built. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think you did uh, post something like that, right? With the the scratch build, like the seats on yeah. your Instagram. The seats are um, a scratch build interior, but the seats them the the actual bucket seats are from a vintage sixties Revell parts pack, mm. and the the steering column. But the um, the seat in the the car, I wanted it to be all kind of moulded, body colour like where's it gone where the hell is it now there so if you do you remember that car built by eldon titus oh you know what that reminds me of um yeah. uh the there's like a version of the pink panther yes yeah it's quite similar but that car had um all the seat was bodyworked pink body color and then the and then the seat sank into it so I wanted something very similar for that. So yeah, yeah that's, that's a nice that's a nice looking car though. I, I I've never seen that car before. Have you it was just when I saw the the shape, like I guess the front end of it, the way it's coming out, it reminds yeah. me of that that Pink Panther car. Yeah, well that's that's built from a Jaguar XJS. Damn, that's crazy. Oh. And, and um, have you ever worked with uh, like any? resin bodies or have you ever gotten your, your hand uh, on like a jimmy no. flintstone body I've got, I've got a couple of jimmy flintstones bodies but i've never built one mm. i've got a um a ford falcon 1961 ford falcon panel van that i want to build i've got that in the cupboard but I've, no i've never built a resin body um yeah i mean there, there's other um resin casters out here um i I remember I used to hear about other ones that, that were around back then, but I never I never got to see those models, like those bodies, you know. Um, I, I feel like when I got back into modeling again, I feel like a lot of those companies and, and the creators were retired from the casting. Yeah. Jimmy, the Flintstone bodies have only been the only ones I've been able to get my hands on as of late. Yeah. Now, he... He, he doesn't build them himself, but other builders, um, his stuff's fantastic. It's accessible. It's cheap. Um, for what for what he's building, his stuff is incredibly cheap. Um, some of his early stuff was quite rough and a bit ready. His latest stuff's really quite nice. Um, and for what it is, like, I think what you're paying twenty dollars for them now, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they're like any between like seventeen or twenty. <laughs> that's the, the work that's gone into creating them. That's incredibly cheap, incredibly, mm -hmm. and really good value. Nice. Now you're right. A lot of his stuff was mastered by a guy called um, Ted Chocolier. Mm. A lot of the stuff. Um, so he chopper. He's another one of my inspirations for building the custom stuff. That does what the hell he wants, makes them unique. Sadly, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he he did a lot of the masterwork of the custom stuff for, for Jimmy Flintstone. So, yeah, I've uh, I've had a couple. I've bought a couple and then ended up selling them again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how it is like that. Like we we consume kits and things, and then after a while, we we know we sell them, we trade them, we give them away. But somehow, 
it, it almost comes full circle. We end up back with it somehow. Like which yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I've I've sold stuff and then bought it back two years later ago. Actually, that was my kit that I sold. <laughs> That's crazy. And so this weekend, um it there's gonna be a model car show. It's a scaled model world. Yeah, it's not a model car show. Um most of the shows here are put on by the IPMS. Hmm. Uh, obvious, um, so they have it used to be called the Nationals. It's now called Scale Model World. So it's not a model car show. It's just a model show. Okay, like a mix of everything is in Yes. I mean, you've got here, as I said, um, model car building of what we do is nothing compared to what your guys are. You are over in the States. It's mainly here, it's mainly military stuff that's mm. done. Um, all the car, pretty much all the car guys here, we know each other. Um, yeah. And particularly the hot rod and custom builders, we know each other. Mm. Um, because, like, I think the UK is smaller than California. Yeah, dang. So, um, yeah, it's. It's the so they have regional shows like I think in the states in the IPMS they call them chapters, don't they? Yeah, um, yeah. They, it's like spread out because it's all, all the different states and you know in the areas. Yeah. yeah. So we have we have regional sort of branches, if you will, of clubs, and then within the IPMS we have what, what's called special interest groups, um, and I run the hot rod and custom car special interest group so every year or in november all the six all the special interest groups and the clubs and stuff we all descend on telford put on displays there's vendors it's um it's a whole weekend of um some of the most amazing builds you'll ever see um with competition vendors uh and yeah, so I'll be there all weekend. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds fun. I mean, especially um, like sh these shows. Do they do they ha happen pretty often, or is it kind of spread out throughout the whole year? Well, it's spread out through the year. So I've got um, we're displaying at a show. We've got one in January. We've got one in February, and then um, I think there's another one. April, May, March, March or April. But yeah, um, they're all sort of regional, smaller shows. There's no, I don't really know of any specific model car shows that we have here. They're all pretty much done by the IPMS chapters in a small sort of school or a sports hall kind of thing, which are just one day shows. Yeah. But yeah. So I, I've got, as I say, I've got three coming up next year um but yeah it's uh, they're not they're not what they are over there mm -hmm. if you will you know um on over here there was a show that i that i attended and i vended at on uh, last sunday this this past sunday yes and it was a trip because like everybody who's there you know you like I've, I've been to the show many times but by now, you know, everyone's like a familiar face or everyone knows each yeah. other. 
And yeah. Here and there, you know, you'll see new new faces come in. But it it was a trip. It was funny because I was kicking it on my table, and this guy, he came in, and he was just like, he had like this like shocked look in his face. He was just like looking at everything at everybody, and he yeah. comes he comes over to my side to talk to me, and he's with his girlfriend, and um, he's all leathered up. Like you could just tell this dude just like got off of his Harley Davidson, you know. Yeah. And, and then and he's like man he's like you guys build these he's like you guys sell these like he was just tripping out and i i was like thinking i think this is this guy's first show i don't think he's ever gone to a model show you know and and then he started talking to whoever was walking by so eventually his um this girl that he was with she starts talking to me and she tells me you know um when, when we heard about this show we saw it online and we were both like, oh, well, we have the whole day to ourselves. Let's just go out. She she thought, they thought that they were going to like a, a real, like real cars, to see real cars. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they thought they were going to like a real car show, that there was going to be right. cars, motorcycles, and all this stuff. So they got all ready, you know, they brought their bike and yep. all this stuff. And, and then they showed up. And um, she was saying, yeah, we were circling the place. We we're trying to look when we saw there was no cars or nothing like like show cars or anything. And we we're like, what's going on? So we just walked in, you know, and, and we came in and then we came over. And this is how we ended up in here. And we're and yeah. that's, why, that's why he's tripping out. He's and like, the, he never he knew. He never knew this like stuff still <laughs> existed or whatever. I'm like, no, well, yeah, still going strong. It's a, it's a great it's a great hobby. I mean this this show. I I the way I feel about shows is we go and display people, the public come in, they have a look at the stuff, uh, and have a good time. For me, the shows are more about um, the models are almost secondary in uh, the show for me. It's all about catching up with friends that you don't you only see at the show, and talking all weekend and swapping ideas and stuff like that it's but the models do you do a bit of shopping you have a look around the shop but it's secondary secondary to catching up with your friends i yeah no, i i i agree cuz even like on sunday that's that's kind of the vibe how it was like even though i was there to vend but there was, yeah. you know, there's a lot of downtime too. It's not like it's like crazy busy, but there's times when like your friends come over, you know, and they come to, you know, and you're talking and, you know, there's always jokes or something funny, you know? Yeah, and exactly. Then, and then after a while, all right, let me go, uh, let me sneak out of the table because it's not, no one's coming over. Now I could like step away. Let me go take some photos of some of the yeah. bills that are on the tables. And all right, I need to, I need to go back to the table now. So, yeah. Well, so a lot of different activities. Yeah, it was my friend Andy, who I've been, I was talking about earlier, he's vending at the show this year as well. And um, he's there on his own. He sells model kits and bits of parts. Um, but what we tend to do is so he can have a break from we will go and help out on his on his table. Um, so he can so he can have a look around the show and go and talk to people. Mm -hmm. We will and help him out so that's the whole sort of purpose of the weekend really yeah that, 
That's cool, man. That's cool. And then is it is this gonna be like one of the last shows just for this year until the following year, pretty much? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, pretty much. That's good because then after this, I'm assuming everybody goes on like holiday, right? Yeah, um, everybody goes on holiday through the summer, kind of thing. Um, but this this is the this is the big show this year um, in calendar where everybody's gearing up. And getting models finished for this show—it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's one everybody wants to go to, one everybody looks forward to, because yeah. it's it's not the national show, it's not the club show, it mm-hmm. is the IPMS yeah kind of thing. Yeah, I saw um, on on one of your posts, um, Chris he, on Instagram, he's a kit builder. Chris, he does oh, yeah. he's Aoshima ambassador. Yes. Um, yeah, I believe he's going to probably be going. Um, yeah, he, he's messaged me. He's going to come and say hello at the uh, at the show. Oh, nice. Um, McQueen Scale Productions on Instagram. He does uh, he does a lot of the Aishima, the the Japanese type stuff. He he's going to come and say hello and yeah yeah. It, it was quite it was quite weird. Um, like, cause I went, I went to the show last year, and I had some of my builds on the table, and uh, I, I, I was just chatting to a friend. Somebody came up to the table and went, "Are you Crow Custom?" <laughs> yeah, that's me. All oh, right, I've been, I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that's tight. It, it was like, wow, bloody hell! Somebody's kind of mm-hmm. feel. I feel a bit humbled by. The, I mean, I, I haven't got a thousand followers on Instagram yet or anything like that, but to have them, I feel really humbled that people are liking watching my stuff and mm. they enjoy it. So, yeah, it's it's quite a trip for me, is that? Yeah, no, it's it's very inspirational because I feel like uh, when when we get into, I guess we could say like a genre of a of a style of a car, you know, we feel pressured sometime like all right this car has to have you know these wheels like these parts on the engine and this and this and that yeah and then i i've always felt like i was talking to slowly models casey and i was telling yeah. him about like i trip out how with the custom cars it's like do what you want to do and and it's your creation and i also yeah. feel that way about like the Japanese cars, like the Bozuzoku cars, yeah, where they could be kind of wild and just like do your thing, and you know, everybody has their own take, and and it's not really like anybody nitpicking at like, oh no, you can't do that, you can't put those wheels. It's just, it is what yeah. it is. And, it's not the side of it. Yeah, and I, and and I've always, you know, um, just the little bit that I've uh, dabbled with with both, I've. I really enjoyed, you know, just just working with those cars, and you know, after a while, it, it's very refreshing stepping away from like a, a, a standard kind of a build. But then, when you start to see like the stuff that you come up with, it, it does make it it makes you like think different. Like, oh man, you know, uh, maybe I should try this, you know, because we see what you're doing. We go, yeah, uh, you know, it's one of those things like where we ask us, ourselves, like, what would Crow customs do right here. Right, okay. Wow. 
<laughs> and then you go into the drawing board and you do it up. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Well, that that comments just kind of blown me away there. That what would you've said? What would Crow Custom do with this? Whereas I I follow I follow slowly models and um, Martin. Is it Martin Aviard? Oh yes. Uh huh. Uh, models and their stuff just blows my mind. It's the stuff that they do. Um, I just and the engines, how the realism of it. Um, it just blows me away. I it's like wow. I follow. I, I, do you watch a guy on um, YouTube called A4 Garage? A4 Garage. Japanese, Japanese builder. Look him up on YouTube. Okay. He builds rock stuff. Yeah, and they are the most detailed stuff on there. He's building a BMW at the moment with opening panels, but I. I, they blow me away, and like you said, what would what would I do with a certain car? I look at these and think maybe I need to step up my game and put engines in and and do things more detailed. But I I love looking at them, mm-hmm. love these builds because they they're inspirational. They are phenomenal. I just don't have the patience for it. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I, yeah, and that's cool. You know, just. <laughs> follow follow like what you want to do you know yeah. at, that, at that point um you know when i when i look at your you know i, I keep looking at that hauler because I, I have it as as the backdrop yes it, it reminds me of um i remember a while back gary gary seeds another model builder yeah i yeah. i'm a gary seeds yeah oh dope he he sent me a photo of uh it looked like a van but he, he like cut it out. He cut it. He kind of made it into like a little hauler too, but with, for a motorcycle. Oh yeah, another one. Yes. Yeah, and I don't know. It, is, is that is that is that kind of like that style? Is that considered like a fifties or sixties kind of like custom? Oh, more sixties. The okay. more 60, sort of the bubble top kind of thing is the more sixties space age, um, where. The late fifties, early sixties, everybody thought that we were going to be driving hover cars with mm-hmm. bubble top stuff yeah. like that. That's <laughs> maybe, yeah, that that kind of thing. So, like to be to be fair, that hauler, Gary Seeds is one of the inspirations behind that because he did a um, you know the Dodge MPC Dodge Diora kit mm-hmm. from is he built a stretched one with twin axle at the rear gold with a dragster on the back that that model was half of the inspiration for that hauler dang that's crazy man i'm out i mean he listens to the podcast so he'll, he'll hear he'll hear you know i want him to I, hear this that's cool i've been a fan of fan of gary seed stuff for a long time when i when i see him and he pops up on the um the model cars magazine forum Mm-hmm. Or some of his stuff on there, but he kind of it's always like, oh, Gary's got a new a new build. Yeah, it, it, it trips it trips me out. I, I like how uh, how active he is because you know he he has this profession where he's painting one on one scale cars and motorcycles and you know all these different things, but he still finds the time to build model cars at night and. Yeah. Even even this last weekend, um, he attended the the Acne show in Atlanta. 
And yeah, so much. Yeah, and, I, and you know, and I was like, dude, look at that. He like he he made the he he went over there, you know, and, yep. and he got to hang out and check out the show and and you know for people to see his cars, it's it's just cool. Like I mean, I, I I'm for me, it's that's like on the other side of the U.S., so I could not attend okay. that show. But still, yeah. I would love to see Gary Seeds' cars like in person. Yes, I would as well. I would. And then there was another guy there called Steve Boot. Uh, he builds, Steve Boot is just like the god of custom car builders. He builds the most beautiful, accurate, um, traditional custom cars. Like, um, just unbelievable stuff. He had some of his stuff there. Um and then the, there was, I think, Paul Vanderpool was there as well. Um, he's, we, in, a few years ago, we, he builds real cars. He builds gases and, um, and dragsters for, for a living, basically. But he still, he got involved in, um, I'm part of a, an online build-off called FAF. Mm-hmm. Um, which was started back in the twenty in twenty twenty by a mate of mine called um, Lee Good, who's uh, an Australian hot rod artist, and it was it got started as during lockdown during the pandemic as a kind of a bit of an antidote to it really give someone so we a lot of us I think there's about forty of us all started building a forty Ford. Um, for this online build-off, and Paul was Paul Vanderpool was part of that build-off. Um, so yeah, he's um, he's a that brought him back into building models, mm-hmm. or and now he's building real cars and models. It's good. It's great to see these people <laughs> picking up picking up the hobby again. Nah, it is. I mean, it, it must be a trip because you know they're they're working on. On the real cars, but then again, it's like they're going back to the drawing board, like a, a miniature, you know, a scale of a blueprint of something, and it, it's just all these ideas. I'm sure they're learning back and forth on things as they're going along. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's it's great. I mean, I I love the fact that um, I mean, lockdown and the pandemic, in one way, was a good thing mm-hmm. because it gave it forced people or uh, to look back at things, find things to do. Um, and a lot more people have picked up hobbies of, of anything of, and, of, or, or tried something new. It's like, oh, I've always wanted to try this mm-hmm. and I've got the time to try it. And they've, they've carried on with it. It's been a great, it's been a great thing for hobbies and crafts, and because people have carried them on, it's like I've really enjoyed this, so I'm going to still do it. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's like I remember when I was having a conversation with Tim um, Mary, he was telling me how, you know, he he built a lot of uh, like Gundam kits during the pandemic, and then fast forward to now, I mean he's he's doing a lot more cars especially like volkswagens and yes. and it's just like he, he like as soon as he got he got his hands into the cars and he started dabbling in the model car kits he got hooked even more yeah. and yeah. 
I mean, the stuff he's doing, I'm like, man, I feel like you've been doing cars for a long time, and it hasn't been a long time, but he's so inspired and and just like learning fast that he's picking everything up quick. Yeah, and, and it's it's uh, people have found a passion for certain things, and it's like model cars. There's so much that you can do with them. There's so much and so much availability of nearly every car genre that you want to build it's like i i do love i love the japanese um the japanese stuff the early 70s with the 15 inch wide wheels and the jdm type of stuff um Mm. like the old the old 60s and 70s skylines and things like that i've got a couple of kits upstairs but haven't done them yet yeah Uh, that's nice (coughs) but um that people will find people will find a kit of a car that they like, and that's all it has to be. It's a car that they like, and mm-hmm. have a go. At it. And it does. It starts a bit of a sickness, really, isn't it? Because yeah, it becomes, man. Becomes yeah, a bit it, of an it, it, <laughs> it is. It's an addiction for sure. I mean, there's there. You know, I'm I'm constantly opening kits, starting a new one. I get it yeah. to a point, and I just I keep doing all this body work and body work and and primer body work primer that sometimes it doesn't even reach the paint stage i just kind of you know and then i tell myself man i'm just punishing myself doing all this work now let's go ahead and and start adding the colors and then and then i get more excited when i'm gonna do that and and for some reason I, i still tell myself to kind of stop after i clear it and then i'm like all right let's open up another one you know and yeah I can I've tell. Got, I've got what I can see. I'm sat here. I've got four projects here. Yeah. That, that I've in various various states of whatever. But like the Buick, I'll get this to a stage of I've designed it. I know bulk of the work is done on it, mm. but then the bodywork and getting it smooth, and that's the tedious bit that I get bored of. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll move on to something else. Yeah. And then when I get like I'm in the mood for the tedious bodywork, then I'll come back to this one. And and once that's got smooth and it's got painted, then it takes on another momentum to right, I've got it painted, now I can finish it. Mm-hmm. And get into that stage. No, take- yeah. <laughs> you ever um now this is at the tedious bodywork stage right there yeah (coughs) crazy did you did you ever get into like um doing like chop tops you know like or sectioning Uh, models yeah i haven't i never i'm that's what i do i customize cars but i've never chopped a top Mm -hmm. and three years ago or sectioned a body till about Mm -hmm. three years um because i've always always been a bit nervous about it about ruining a model kit because yeah. they are at the end of the day they're expensive mm-hmm. um i mean a model kit here now an amt model kit in this country if you wanted to buy a new model kit they're about 50 quid which is about 50 dollars. yeah damn yeah because i'll tell you that would be considered like an import yeah you right yeah, yeah. Oh. and the newest stuff i was talking to my mate andy the other day Mm-hmm. And 
he's struggling to get AMT kits here because the retail price of them is going to be around 60 to 70 quid. Yeah, they're going up. You know, I I get uh, like the price list um, when I go on my distributors like website and there's there's like AMT and Revel, but especially the AMT, there's like kits on there that I go, man, honestly, I don't even, it's not even, for me, it's not worth ordering them to resell them just yeah. because they're, they're, they're too high in price. Like over here, it's going to be almost $40 yeah. for, for the kit. And I'm, and I know that there's like other bigger like stores like Hobby Lobby and other competitors who will sell the same kit, but at a discount price, you know, at times. It's and, almost and it and I'm and for me, I'm more like, you know, if you really want that kit, just get it there or you know, get it yeah. where it's gonna be cheaper for sure. Yes. Yeah. So but I trip Absolutely. out when I see those prices climbing, climbing, and you know, I didn't even think about, you know, like for on your side, like as an import, it would be even more money. Whereas here, like the um, the Aoshima kits or Hasegawa and stuff like that, are a lot cheaper. Mm. A lot cheaper here than yeah. um, Revell kits are quite cheap here. But are quite expensive. Yeah, you, you know, at the at the hobby shows, I would say like a year ago, uh, or before the pandemic, when you would go to a hobby like a a, a model car show the vendors their cars um you would find all the ant kits from the 90s right where it has like that yeah. gray, grayish background yes um, and then just just a car like super clean background you would find those kits all the time for just 10 bucks 15 yeah. bucks right and now those same kits it's like they've kind of gone up like doubled in price now yeah like, like i mean people buy them but you do see them now and before you would grab like three, four of them. Now you're just like, I'll just take the one. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Just, uh, I'll just go get a model. I won't be a second. Yeah, hey, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, in. but it it is a trip though. How um how like the prices are definitely changing on there. It's gonna take drinking a coffee, not a coffee, a tea. For my set right now for the throat. And put this right here. Bam. Man. Yeah, so the first the first car that I sectioned was that one. Wow. Here, let me I'm gonna zoom in on you. Let's see. So yeah, that was the first one that I sectioned. Um back in 2020. And that was that was the first one for that faff build off that we were talking nice. about. That looks good. Yeah, I'm quite pleased with that. That's dope. What what uh what color is that on the paint? That, um, it's again from Halfords. It's uh, is it like a metallic or or a candy? Yeah, it's a metallic. It's called. It's a rover color. Uh, so we had we had rover. A car make here was called Rover. And that is peacock blue. Nice. I could see oh, the sorry. kingfisher blue. Nice. I could see the shine, the shine from the lights, like on the side. Uh, what kind of clear are you rocking on that? Alfred's. Just okay. Normal, normal spray can 
Awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks good. It was like shiny. And, and then that's the first one that I chopped. Ooh. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, like a shoebox? Is that a Ford? It's 49 Ford. Wow. Man. So that, that's been chopped. Six uh, mil. Section uh, six. Yeah. Scratch built front and rear end. Asymmetric. I like that. That's, yeah. And Pegasus wheels. I love, love, love Pegasus wheels. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they're they're not too far from where I live. The the Pegasus yeah. Four. Like... Yes. They, 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 I don't hardly use any aftermarket parts at all. Mm -hmm. Aftermarket parts I use really are Pegasus wheels. Mm -hmm. <coughs> yeah, they, they look good. They look they go really well with the models. Yeah. Well the the do the chrome the chrome reverse rims with the narrow white walls. They're a very, very 1960s wheel. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them on a lot of them on my 60s build. Are, are those easy to find out there? No. Pegasus wheels or no? Does in fact I've just um I've just got a delivery of six sets of them that Mark Coano over in California he ordered them for me and sent them out for me. Oh, that's nice of him. So, yeah. They, they, they are quite hard to get hold of here. So yeah. if I see them, I buy them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I buy yeah, them. I've got, I've got a drawer full of them here. So the, uh, the Supremes and... Oh, nice. Oh, Nice set of uh, Ayashima wheels. Oh, nice, Ayashima. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really nice, actually. Man, that's cool. Um, it makes me happy to see that you got all that stuff. Like, like there's no really, there's no limitation, you know. Like, no. You, you could you could create and you could just do what you got to do. Do you spend a lot of time in that room on your free time, or do you? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I like this room. I spend a lot of time here. Um, I don't watch a great deal of TV at mm -hmm. all. Yeah, uh, I, I live on my own, mm -hmm. uh, and the kid, the, uh, my kids come over when I'm off work at the weekends. They come and stay. Yeah. This this room is my son's bedroom when mm -hmm. when he there. Uh, but yeah, I do spend a a lot of time in here. Um, yeah, but get some music on. Oh, I'd rather. Yeah. I'd rather be sat listening to some music or listening to a podcast or um, an audio book or something like that yeah. and creating rather than trying to find something to watch on TV. It's just... Nah. <laughs> For real. No, nah, yeah, I, um, like, I, 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 you know, back then I really didn't watch too much TV or movies or whatever. And now, you know, when I hang out with my girl and the baby... Well, she'll put something on. Oh, let's watch this movie. And I'll be like, I've never even seen that movie. And she'll be like, what? you never seen that? That's been around for so I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I never really watched stuff anymore back then. I was busy doing other other things. You know? See, it's different you're on your own. It's like, I, I, I don't watch a lot of TV because I don't get the enjoyment of watching it on my own. Mm -hmm. um, I'd rather be doing something else, but I'd rather sit and watch a film with somebody. Mm -hmm. so yeah. we watch films when the kids are here um i call them kids they're adults but um <laughs> we, we sit and watch a movie together and 
stuff like that. But other than that, no, I'm usually up here. Even if even if I'm not doing anything, mm-hmm. I'm not achieving anything. I'm sat at the bench messing yeah. about or tidying up or sorting parts out or something like that, you know? Yeah, I even I even find that enjoyment. Like whenever yeah. I'm not building anything and I want to just kind of organize or kind of catalog like what is it that I have, where is what? Yeah. And, and clean up. And even I get satisfaction out of that. Yeah. Well, my, I mean, my bench, I'm sat at my bench now. It's really small. It is, it's not even a meter wide. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have to, I have to keep it tidy. Um, yeah. Every now, every now and then it's like, right, it needs a damn good clean down, does this and put things away mm-hmm. where I them. Or I'll, sometimes I'll even just go rifling through the parts box of, what mm-hmm. cool bit I've got in there, and I'll put yeah. them to one side for a later project. And it's like, yeah, I'll uh, that, something. Yeah, that's cool. I remember the my bench sometimes it would get really dusty from all that sanding, and yes. I would clean the I would clean the like what's in front of me, but I would never really get the edges or like the sides, and it because yes. all that dust would just float off. And I remember. After a while, I would just be like, oh, I know I, I can clean that quick. So I would get like my babies, like baby, those baby wipes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just wiped the whole table. I'd be like, yeah. all right, cool, oh, we're good, we're good. I left the bench to get, because I create a lot of dust with all the, the bodywork that I do, a lot of dust. So I get the hoover. Oh, uh, the vacuum, okay. Mm-hmm. And hoover the bench down. Yeah, and, just do it that and way. Then down. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it does get it does get a bit messy in it. The the floor is actually covered in bits of chipped off resin from. Uh, I need to have a clean. Mm-hmm. Chip, all that casting I did the uh, the other day. Yeah, 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 man, that's cool. But I I understand what you're saying though. You don't want to get into the the resin like to be selling, and I think that's when the fun goes away. Exactly. Point, you know. Exactly. But I wanted to create that part. People were liking it, asking me if I can buy it. So I thought, right, do you know what? I'm going to make 15 sets mm-hmm. of them, and I'll give them away. Um, so people have messaged me, private messaged me, saying I'd like a set. So the the name's gone on the list. Yeah. But with the show coming up, I've got plenty of resin left. So I'm going to take them to the show, mm-hmm. give them away at the show, and then come back on Monday, Tuesday. I'll sit and make another 15 sets yeah. that I can pick out because they're going they're going all over the world. Yeah. They're going to going to Australia, um Australia, Sweden, America. So mm-hmm. just, to be, just to be nice, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's tight. I hope you get some footage or like photos from the show from some of the Yeah, well I'll um because we we have quite a we have a display every year we do a uh, our table has a theme hmm. for what we're going to display and this year it's um, it's the 90th anniversary this year of the 932 Ford so it's the uh, the 32 Ford being the quintessential hot rod so hmm. we're theming it on the 32 Ford this year so there'll be plenty of pictures plenty of models hmm. to have a look I'll take plenty from around the show of everything yeah um, yeah military dioramas 
<laughs> be, be nice, nice to see that. Yeah, I'll post that up. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We're setting off on Friday morning, mm. um, and then coming back late Sunday night. So I'll be posting up next week. Okay. Because of the show, I've got a bit of time off work. I don't go back into work now until a week on Friday. So, mm -hmm. good bit of time off, bit of building time. Sleeping, yeah, yeah. Sleeping most of Monday because I'll be knackered from the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you're going to be tired, man. I can, I yeah. can only imagine, you know? Mm. So, uh, it's yeah. going to be a fun, fun weekend, for sure. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. This, it's, as I say, the models are secondary to catching up with friends. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of laughing, a lot of um, taking the piss out of each other and <laughs> and just... And it's, it's people that you only see at this particular show. You see them once a year. Mm -hmm. And we've all been going to these shows for 15, 20 years. So we we look forward to seeing each other and... yeah. Having having a good time. No, so, definitely. Yeah, well, um, we look forward to seeing some photos. You got you got to keep us posted. Oh, of course, yeah, definitely, definitely get to see plenty of pictures, and I'll keep posting my projects up on uh, on Instagram of my messy bench and yeah, where I'm going with things. So uh, that's what's up. You you posted up that new sticker that you've uh, got. Yeah, only, yeah. Nah, I'm I'm gonna get you because I know you. I know you commented on that. It's so. only. It re really is only plastic. Yeah. Have have some bloody fun with it. Don't don't stress about it. Have some fun, and if it goes wrong, it's only plastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Do you want to you want to give out any any shout outs before we wrap up this episode? Yeah. Shout out to Lee Good um, and Mark Cummins, who instrumental in the FAF build-off, which is on Facebook. Um, a few mates that are in this building scene with me, Andy Swindlers, Dave Neve, and all them kind of people, and Ian Hartup. We, we all know each other, and we inspire each other. So, yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been yeah, no, Lee. It was a pleasure, man. This was awesome. It was great talking to you. Like, I'm, I'm glad that, that we were able to do this episode. Um, I remember a while back, um, you know, asking you, like, dude, we we need to do an episode, and I'm just, I'm glad that now we 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 did it. So, um, thank you again. I know it's early. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day over here. It's already, you know, it's nighttime for me, but yeah. Um, I'm I'm just happy. I'm happy that we had this conversation. Yeah. Oh, I've I've been looking forward to it. It's uh, it's a bit of an honor to be asked to be on. Um, oh, with all thanks, man. People that you have on there, it's uh, I'm a little bit blown away by the fact that I've been asked to be on. So, thank you. I appreciate it. No, you're welcome. You're welcome, and you have a good one, man. And we'll we'll stay in touch. Yeah, of course, will do. All right, pal. All right, all right okay. man. Peace Take out. Care. Have a good one. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.